Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. I know, I know, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, I don't want to complain. Work's crazy, people. You know it. I know it. Work is crazy. And then in the last week, my family and I got food poisoning. Yeah, two and a half year olds with food poisoning, twins. Um, It was kind of like a, it could have been a scene out of a movie, really of like one being sick, I'm drenched in throw up, and then you finally get that guy good, and then the other one just turns around and throws up on you again. It really was like that. I'm sorry to gross you out. But yeah, that was my life for the last week, plus working, um, where I almost didn't make it through a tech scout. So that was fun too. Um, This is what you have to do when you work in show business. So glamorous. But yeah, um... I definitely wanted to get on this week, uh, but it just was too much with the babies being sick. So here I am, a week later, talking about the Oscars, and congratulations to set decorator Jan Pascal for winning the Oscar for her work on Mank. I mean, I'm so deeply thrilled for her to be recognized. She has inspired me and others on so many different projects. Please take a listen to her interview earlier this year on this podcast. Just even just to hear how she started on Mr. Rogers. Um, it's crazy. You start on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It's crazy. Uh, such a great story. Also, congratulations to Eric Messerschmidt for winning for Best Cinematography for Mank. I worked with him years ago on Bones and... Um, just really happy for his achievement. The The film was just so beautifully shot. So congrats to them. Um, I liked the Oscars. I wasn't completely bored. I wasn't... <laughs> I liked that they gave details about the nominees, like you got to know about these people, because everyone in the world is basically like, you know, they say people's names and you're not really voting for the names. You're, you're cheering on the projects. And it was nice to give a little human perspective of like, who's behind this job. So I, I thought that was something different. I thought the sets were pretty. The layout was really interesting. Kind of like this weird cocktail party. Um, it's just all lost. I think on everyone trying to be like correct and trying to like get a good speech. I don't know. Bill Marv actually gave a good rant about the Oscars and I, I agree with him and, and had the same thoughts earlier in the week before I, you know, saw his, I mean, Hollywood is like America's royalty or it was, and it just isn't there anymore. And I think it really has to do with like 24 seven social media and access to the celebs at all times you just don't see them like you used to. You could only see them in a movie or a magazine. Now you see them all the time. So that 
that mystique is gone. Um, and I think the biggest thing for movies being so out of touch is that, you know, you can stream it and you can, you know, you can get better, <laughs> you can get better stories on TV than a lot of films. That's, I don't know. I enjoy TV more than I do movies at this point in my life. I agree with Frances McDormand that we should all go to the movies, that that excitement and the awe of the big screen is needed. And I'm really jonesing for that. But I, I, hey, I'm the guilty one too. I'm very comfortable sitting home in my PJs watching Justice League for four hours. And movies, they were hurting before the pandemic. And I don't know how they recover. But I really think it starts with studios making better movies. I told you last time about that book that I read, The Best Movie Year Ever, 1999. And it's so eye-opening of how many scripts were given opportunities and how creatives were allowed to be creative and just go with it. Not that it wasn't all about the money then, and it is now, but it seems to me that in the last 10 years, the divide of huge blockbusters and super small independent movies has grown. It's like the middle class of films is smaller and smaller, and that middle class somehow just moved over to TV, but got better over there. But I mean, I, I just want to see like a fight club. I want to see the new Sixth Sense. I want to, I want to see those projects. I think a lot of people do. And my real hope is that in the five months of lockdown that writers wrote, please, I hope you wrote the next Sixth Sense. Because it starts with them. And I don't forget that. I don't have that talent at all. I wrote a script. <laughs> I wrote a script. And I have the balls to ask a couple of people who I worked with to read it. And not one of them gave me a note. So it must have been that bad. And to be very honest, I actually saw one person throw the script out in front of me. He didn't realize that he did it, but he was like cleaning off his desk and he threw it out. <laughs> And had never acknowledged to me that he maybe never even read it. But anyway, um, anyway, anyway, I'm not a writer. So I hope writers wrote because I can't wait to decorate those stories. That's, you know, that's what we're all, you know, thirsty, thirsty for. But yeah, I don't know. Oscars, I thought they were good. It was a good attempt at making it different. And once again, just so happy for Jam Pascal. So what's one up been watching? Um, anyone watching that Ellen's Next Great Designer on HBO Max? Uh, I mean, who knew Ellen cared about design? I don't know. And why do I care that Ellen cares about design? I don't know. But there's some really good furniture creators and you see their passion and their skills of like, you know, making a piece of furniture from you know, inspiration from artwork or a shape. Um, they're only releasing, I think, an episode a week, which is really dumb. I hate that. So, uh, it's okay. It's a good little watch. It's, I'm putting it on while I'm folding throw up laundry. So yeah, I just did so much laundry, so much laundry in last week. But yeah, um, I'm sure everyone who is listening to this podcast is watching Mare of Easttown. 
with Kate Winslet on HBO. It's really good. I mean, I love Kate Winslet and the story's really good and Double Prizes, it's set like outside of Philly, which I could get in my Philly accent right now. Um, they, they really try to nail it and I think they do a pretty good job. Um, so the only thing that they don't say, they keep saying Creek with a lot of people back there says Crick, which uh, really stands out to me. But anywho, production designer Keith Cunningham and set decorator Edward McLaughlin, excellent job nailing down the little, little tiny details of, um, Delaware County, Pennsylvania. So I'm really loving it. It's a, it's a murder mystery. She's really good in it. I know people are probably thinking that the accents are like overdone, but they're not. And then I don't really, is it Evan Peterson? Is that his name? Ugh. Um, I don't really like him because I all I think of is like American Horror Story when I see him. But he's pretty good in this. And he looks a little different. I don't know what he did, but it looks different. Um, so just hanging on every episode of that. Of course, that's like every Sunday night. Uh, I took a look at Sasquatch on Hulu don't it's like if you got a couple hours you can zip right through these little episodes but um it's not what I thought it was about Sasquatch and people finding Sasquatch but it's like kind of like a murder mystery and the lore of Sasquatch and um it's like a recreated documentary type thing it was interesting enough if you're into that but it wasn't like great one of my throwbacks I watched was Beverly Hills Cop and it holds up I hadn't seen it in so long. I had forgotten the story, but it's so great. Like, it really makes me smile and think like, oh, this is why I'm here. Just seeing all of these locations in Los Angeles that now I actually shoot in. Like the Biltmore Hotel downtown. The Biltmore is a whore, okay? Everyone I know has shot in the Biltmore. And every movie you see, it's like, like they tried to do the Regent Beverly Wilshire where he pulls up out front, like how expensive is this hotel? And then they go inside and it's the Biltmore downtown. And then they go back outside and it's Wilshire. So funny to me that now I know these things. But yeah, Beverly Hills Cop is funny. Eddie Murphy, um, always in for. So yeah, I started Them on Amazon, which buyer Lane Abramson who was on this podcast um, last year, worked on and talked about in a previous episode. The design is stylized 50s and production designers Tom Haddock and Adam Davis. Set set decorators Cynthia Ann Slager and Willem Few. I know I said that wrong. Um, Great job. Just really great job of stylizing but making it look... uh, realistic like not realistic but of course that's our job um but like the vernacular is there I don't know how to describe it but it's about a fifth in the 50s the first african-american family that moves into Compton and uh I don't it then it goes into like a horror story and I kind of like get out of it then because I'm like I want to know the real story but Lane said this actually happened which, I don't know, there's a lot of voodoo and ghosts and shit going around, so I don't know how this actually happened. But, I don't know, there's like a coven going on with witches. Uh, something's going on. I'm only on episode three. But I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on with that. Um, 
in my now long commute, unless I listen to Furious Hours, Murder, Fraud, and The Last Trial of Harper Lee, I highly recommend this book. It really is interesting because, of course, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee was the only thing she ever published, but she wrote another novel, or at least researched another novel for years about a serial killer in, uh, I'm going to say Alabama, I might be wrong, um, in the 50s. And damn, if it wasn't so interesting, because I love serial killers, to hear about this and then her side of it and her research but never getting it out and getting it written just uh, so it's such a good book and then I just started House of Gucci which will be a film directed by Ridley Scott I think coming out next year I think they're still filming Adam Driver and Lady Gaga and Al Pacino it's a hell of a cast there um about the whole Gucci family and how they came into their empire of goods and the family fights and this Italians and just, uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. So that's what I've been up to. On this episode, I'm replaying an interview I did last month with my alma mater, Jefferson University or Philadelphia University, or Philadelphia College of Textiles and Sciences, depending on when you graduated in the last 20 years. <laughs> They've gone through some changes. Um, but they have a great online series of webinars of how-tos um, from some of their alumni in the fields that they specialize in. And you can check out some of their other webinars on their website, jefferson.edu. In this Zoom webinar that I did, I talked about tips for staging your house for selling them um, from a set decorator's design eye. So I give tips on how I would help you stage your home with set decorating uh, tricks. Oh, I don't know if I did any tricks. I got some tricks. I got some. I think I did. I gave out some tricks. Um, <laughs> very grateful that I was even considered for this series. And I hope it was helpful to people trying to sell their home. I did put together a hell of a slideshow for this, which I included in the email of this um, podcast post. Are you getting my emails? Can you, you, you should sign up. You should, <laughs> you should sign up on the Decorating Pages website and just subscribe. And then, or on the Facebook page, I guess I do it there too. And I swear I do not over email. I do not over post I only post when I have a new episode, which from a social media marketing aspect is piss poor. So I don't stalk you with emails, but then you know when new ones are coming out. Anyway, the link to that webinar, if you want to look at it, will be on there. And then I'll put it up on the website also. I hope you enjoy. Good evening and welcome. I'm Jeff Spence from the Office of Alumni Relations at Thomas Jefferson University, and it's my pleasure to welcome you here this evening. Tonight, alumna Kim Wana shares the design lessons she's learned on set that you can apply when setting the scene in your own home. Kim is an Emmy Award-winning set decorator, and her work can be seen on the sets of hit shows and movies like Veep, Bones, The Good Place, Parks and Recreation, and the recently released Netflix movie, 
Moxie. Currently, she's working on the set of the FX series American Crime Story, the impeachment of William Jefferson Clinton. Kim, it's our pleasure to have you with us tonight, and we're thrilled. Uh, if you're ready, we'll get started and take it away. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me and just even acknowledging me from my alumni. That's amazing. So thank you so much. Um, I, I did, I graduated in 1999 from textile uh, then, and then it turned into Philadelphia University. I am a set decorator, which means that I decorate sets for TV, film, commercials. Um, I am responsible for furniture, the lighting, rugs, the tchotchkes, which are like small things on your shelf. I, uh, other sets, like if it's a store, I would provide the, the clothing racks and the clothing and the lighting. If it's a restaurant, I do the chairs, the tables, the little candles, the silverware, the plates, the glassware, the lighting, the maitre d' stand, anything like that, furniture, I'm responsible for. So it depends on the set, but basically I make the character before they even say any words. That's, uh, that's basically how I do my job. Um, I wanted to start with just a little picture of uh, The Good Place to welcome everyone. Everything's fine. <laughs> and that's kind of how much furniture you should put in a room when you stage a house, by the way. <laughs> you should almost keep it bare. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I wanted to start with that. And then I wanted to show you a little time lapse. Um, this was taken on the set of Veep for season seven for our Oval Office dress. And um, this was taken over two days. We basically, everything in the room I have sourced, um, artwork, the chairs, the tables, the lamps, everything, the clock. Um, I've done an enormous amount of research to make sure that it's exact to what I'm trying to uh, replicate. In this case, it was the character's Oval Office, so I didn't really have to match much, but I took a mix of all presidential Oval Offices and tried to give it some feminine touch because she was a female president. There you go. Um, but we'll talk a lot about Veep and some of the rules that we had for that show. But yeah, that's, uh, that's two days. You might see me sitting a lot in that. Um, I was eight months pregnant with twins, so I took I took some some chair time. Uh, but you also, I also sit in the chairs. I sit in the sofas. I make sure that the character feels comfortable in their environment and what would they have around them and what would she have on her desk and um, yeah. But it took um, it's a lot that that Oval Office took a lot to to get together. I had <laughs> I had about we knew it was coming up. I'm not going to lie, but we had about a week and a half to get everything and then uh, the two days to dress it. So, yeah. Uh, next, I uh, thought I'd just show you a couple photos of the scope of my work. Um, I've decorated different sets over the years. Um, this is the city council in parks and recreation. Next is uh, the good place. Uh, their last season and redoing one of the iconic sets that they had established in season one, Eleanor and Chidi's house. The next one would be the Red Room of the White House in Veep, which I particularly love. I love recreating these White House sets and doing the research and learning about our 
our American history. Our American White House is an amazing uh, building and, and just beautiful, I, I feel. Um, next, I have uh, a void. <laughs> it's not that easy to dress a void. You really, everything's white and uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta pick and choose the right things. Like all of those glass things on the shelves and what is it, uh, what does it mean? Does it have any meaning? You're in a void, who knows? But if you're, you know, you also have to see how many characters are in the scene, who's gonna sit down? Do they want them to stand up and be able to walk around? Like, these are all things that come into my world as I'm, as I'm dressing the sets. Um, next, I have a, the other side of that Oval Office that I did. So again, this, this I'll get into is very monochromatic, very like tone on tone um, that we kept for that character. And then the next one is um, a campaign office, which I've done many of. <laughs> this was supposed to be like an old drugstore that we turned into Jonah Ryan's campaign office. So it was old and dirty and dingy. And this is a set, this isn't, this isn't a real place. The designer builds and designs the, the space. And then I go in and, and decorate it, everything in there. And with Veep, one of the best things is it was based really in reality, the decorating. And so there's wires and there's water bottles left everywhere. And so it, it really gives you a chance to layer these, like, you know, the guy sitting at that desk right there. He liked to, you know, shoot basketballs or whatever. You, you just get into all of these different spaces and try to think how people would live in them. And then my last, oh, and then this is the green room decorated for Christmas for Veep. Again, just, you know, it's a different layer when you have to do holidays in a, in a set. I hate, I hate doing holidays. I'm about to do Christmas right now. It's not like we could do Christmas in November or December when decorations were available. No, we're doing it now. So that's a whole nother thing of renting decorations. And now thank goodness with you know, online purchases. I can kind of get anything all year long, but it used to be a lot harder to do. So yeah, and then, and then Leslie Nope's office, this is just, an, you know, an iconic office to some people who love this show and the layering of it over seven seasons of giving it personality and function and uh, comedy. You know, there's there's little things back there, the pictures that make it homey, her awards that she acquired over the years. So, yeah, th those are a couple of my uh, of my favorite sets I think I've done. So, what character are you? That's what you want to know when you're doing your your room or your house or your your home. Are you eclectic? I mean, mid-century, traditional. Do you have to stay in those lanes when you start decorating? You don't. I mean, you could, and then it's very cohesive and it's it looks, you know, dynamite like that set, but it's hard to do because we all go to home goods and then we like that one little thing and then it throws off the room, but you really like it. So you keep you get it. Or you really love that coffee table. So I think most people are eclectic. Let's hope you're not a hoarder. <laughs> Let's just hope your place doesn't look like this because that's not good. We all have a little bit of hoard in us. We all have accumulated a lot of stuff over the years. You gotta, especially if you're staging, you gotta clean out. You gotta get a clean, clean slate 
uh, if you're staging a house, but hopefully you're not a hoarder. This is more of like, did you inherit furniture? Are you trying to work in pieces that you really love that were your, your grandparents or your aunt? You know what I mean? You, you take on, you know, personal things into your home that mean something to you and you want them to work. And maybe it doesn't work with your mid-century if it's something traditional. Um, there's ways to make those things work. There's ways to still appreciate this furniture and not throwing off your whole your whole game there. Um, hopefully you're not like super over glamorous. This is a house. This is not a set. This is a ridiculous house in Beverly Hills that we shot at many times for Tahani's mansion in um, The Good Place. And it was spectacular. This is just one of the rooms I'm showing you. It was so crazy. That's the furniture they have. I don't know how these people live like this. There's black mats all over the floor for the um, film crew. So it's it's covering up a beautiful rug, but you see all those people in your house. Yeah, you'd wanna cover your rugs too. So this is then the scene that they're setting up in there. And um, I didn't really have to bring much in for this. But if glamour is your jam, I mean, golds and beiges and lush fabrics and patterns, that's that's pretty much how to go. I think the next one is just another room in that house. All I brought in was that table full of food. I mean, this place was just amazing. And the artwork, I always have to bring in artwork. But yeah, that if that's, if that's your jam, go for it. Most people are eclectic. This is basically what most people's houses look like. And maybe not even this much bold color because people kind of are afraid of color. Um, and that's good too, because then you could just pop items off of it and you'll make it work any way you want. But this is kind of reality when I look at some sets of like some clutter, some, you know, you get pieces that you've traveled and you put them up or, you know, bringing in trees and plants and life into your place. I feel like that's most people's home. But we we mix styles uh, every day with uh, what we have. This is two characters colliding and what I came up with for the characters on The Good Place, comfortable, but still um, style from the one character. And I mean, one guy wants to sit and read books and the other girl just wants to, you know, be lazy kind of and like cuddle on the couch. So how do you get these two characters together and what are their color schemes and bringing that together and how they play off of them. Um, but yeah, that's pick your character. Who are you? And how do you achieve these, uh, this scheme in your house? Color is super important. So popular right now, is white, do everything white. I just moved, so I'm kind of good. It's a good timing for me to do this little talk because I just moved. I just looked at thousands of places online like in Zillow and Redfin and everything's white. Everything's white that you're interested in because it's fresh and it's new and you feel like, yeah, there's, I could do something with that. I can see it. I'm telling you right now, pictures are so important when you are doing a re like a flip or you know looking for houses because you want that like excitement you don't want to see like 
photos of other people's families. <laughs> Sorry. Because then you start thinking, well, what are, why are they moving? What are they, what? I don't know. I get distracted. I like the white palette. I like all that going on. Another way to do it would be neutrals. Now this, I'm not supposed to show you a couple of these pictures. I'm not supposed to be showing people yet because it's not out. This is from what I'm working on now, but it was a good example. This is like the tone on tone. So you do all neutrals. They're slightly different colors, but it all works together. Your, your color on your wall is just a tad bit darker so that your drapery pops or vice versa. Um, then your, your trim and your ceiling are just a tad bit lighter so that those elements pop. Um, there's many things you can do in just the slightest bit of color change um, with paint. It can really you know, help a lot and, and make a very polished look if you're trying to achieve that. Um, accent walls. Now this is two accent walls. It actually was the whole room. This was a project I did. Um, this is not a set. This is Amy Poehler's uh, office that I did, which she basically turned a house into an office. And this was like this back little guest house that she made into like a conference room but she wanted it to be cozy. And so I just got really comfortable chairs. She's very much into eclectic, as you can see. We went, I tested the chairs, tested the, the sofa and everything. And it was just comfortable, but she wanted like color and excitement in the room because they're creating comedy. They wanted, they wanted to be up. They wanted it to be a little busy. So that wallpaper we selected and then the big frames on the wall of like projects that her company had done. It worked really well. I mean, I know she said they spent a lot of time in that room and really loved it and didn't get too, I guess, tired of that wallpaper either because it's, it wasn't like a huge graphic. It was just, you know, uh, an ongoing scene that she really loved. Um, you could do a big graphic. Look at this one. This is, that is actually fabric that I put up um, as that, that wall, sort of headboard wall. And that's fun too. You could take one wall and just do one big graphic on it and have the rest of it white or a color. Um, that's another way to make a really bold statement. Um, in Amy's first house, that was her, her office, one wall we did this, I looked for the picture, I couldn't find it. It was a big underwater scene with like jellyfish. It was so cool. I can't believe I don't have a picture. And um, everything else was white. And then it was just this like bold graphic. So you can totally get away with that. There's so many, so many resources online for things like that. Um, I'm a big fan of like Wallpapers Direct. Um, this is where I got this and all of the <laughs> wallpaper in my part or a house that I'll show you. Um, but yeah, um, again, keep it neutral, go back to being neutral and just have a little bit of color. Those, those blue silvery, silvery drapes, just give it a little bit of color. They don't warm it up. We didn't want it to be warm for Selena cause she's not a warm person. So, um, for, for this, it really was about keeping it almost cold especially the way this series ends. I don't want to, I don't want to give any spoilers, but um, it's, it's a very poignant scene of her in this room. And I think the next one shows her. Yeah. So she's, 
one of the rules that we had here for Selena was that she would always pop. Her, her outfits were always pop. So we kept the, um, the designer kept the walls very like subtle and I kept the furniture very basic, no big prints that she would be on so that she would pop. And as you can see, she's in red in this and she's all alone in this cold office. And it's a real statement for the end of the show. I really, I uh, was very like into it. So as you can see, um, but yeah. So this picture getting to staging and everything, this picture is this room that I'm in right now. And then it turns into the next one, which is my background right here. So I did two walls of the wallpaper and then two walls of color. Now we specifically wanted to do something graphic in this room because my husband is a therapist. He does a lot of Zoom now, um, you know, therapy sessions. I have a podcast, which, you know, I can see people. I want to have a nice background. And so even though it's not done back there, this room, we wanted to be graphic. We wanted something for our Zoom or FaceTime calls that would be interesting. Um, eventually we'll have a sofa back there and we'll have other elements. But for now, um, just the basics of the room, it either can work off of this yellow or the wallpaper behind me. And um, I don't know if we'll do artwork on it. I don't, I might keep just it really simple because it's graphic enough and it's a very mid-century vibe. So I just, um, I don't know if we'll do artwork on it, but you can, you could certainly put some artwork on there, choose your metals, like do a silver or gold and do some really nice, like clean frames on there. That would be, you know, that would be really nice. Next, this is my little like kitchen nook. And um, I mean, how could we resist buying this? Wait, go back one second. How could we resist buying this place with that chandelier that they hung? I mean, that's why we bought it for that dinky chandelier that they gave us. I don't know what, I don't know what selling point they thought that was. That's bad staging. Let's point that out right now. That's bad. Don't do that. Uh, all white do, they put in all new floors if you can do it cool. Um, dinky chandelier, no go. So that was the nook. And then what I did, because it's not a really big space, it's kind of, it's like 10 by 10. I just put wallpaper on the back and then put paint on the ceiling. And we actually have a really huge, uh, really nice chandelier up there, but it's my kitchen's not done. I couldn't show you pictures of that right now. It's not good. Um, but this with the ceiling being done, it's kind of a surprise when you walk into the room. You don't catch it. You're catching it from this camera angle. But when you're in the kitchen and walking forward, you don't catch that the ceiling has the color. And it's not bold, but it's a nice surprise in there. And I think it really warms up the space. You also have to find something that works with the white that we chose and the flooring. So it all like works together in that, um, in that little space. Now I know you're saying you took out your storage, I did. But what I did was I got Ikea pieces and made them into a banquette along that back wall. So I gained storage underneath their kitchen cabinets. And then I just made them higher and got a thick cushion. It was online, it's on Pinterest. I stole it from there. 
made a whole wall of seating in the back so that we have more seating if people come over. And now I have storage, not as much as those cabinets, I get it, but I still got storage under there, which worked out pretty good. It's already full. So yeah. And <laughs> uh, next this, you're going to say, what are you doing with all this wallpaper? I know, I know, but we love it. And we, uh, we kept it cohesive in the sense of that it all has a little bit of gold in it. It all has little flecks of like gold. And even though they're all different patterns, they're not next to each other. You don't really see one at the, or two at the same time. So this pattern is little elephants and birds and everything. And my twins walk up these stairs every morning and just say, good morning, elephants. And like pick who's your elephant today. So there's also an interaction that you can have with wallpaper, especially with kids. If you're doing their rooms or you are staging a house and want to give that you know, impression of like, this is the nursery. There's such beautiful wallpaper that can achieve this just on one wall. And you're, you're selling that dream when you're staging. So if you're selling it as a nursery, you're, you're going to tug on some heartstrings if you go for things that, that kids will appreciate. Um, so yeah, the next thing is furniture because what are you going to sit on, right? The sofa. Again, this is a picture just because going back to this eclectic look that works for everyone, but the sofa is your most important piece. You're going to spend a lot of time on it. It's got to be comfortable. It's the one piece I would say don't buy online. You got to go put your butt in it. You got to put your feet up. It's, you got to make sure that you're comfortable and that it works for your room. Um, this sofa is a West Elm sofa. It was pretty comfortable and uh, I don't remember the name of it, but you, you, it's, it's really important to sit in it. I bought a lot of sofas online for TV and sets and they're not really comfortable. They look great. The actors might complain that they're too hard, but they look great for a day and then, you know, I'm done with it. But it's, uh, it's tricky. It's very, read reviews if you're gonna do it. I know I'm, I'm a huge fan of Wayfair and they sell sofas. And I mean, not every sofa has been super uncomfortable, but most of them. So I would say, try to sit in it. Sorry, try, sorry for buying that online. Now this, this a lot of times, um, you wanna do a neutral sofa so that you can then change your pillows and change your style if you need to, but to choose a sofa that is timeless, like the Chesterfields, or you know, if you're staying with mid-century, then if you get a neutral sofa, you'll be able to swap out pillows and throws, and then ta-da, you have a new room, kind of, so yeah. Next again, this is the monochromatic. Now you, if you're gonna do the monochromatic in a sofa, even if it's white or a light color, just be careful with kids. That's all I always say. Um, but again, it's a clean palette. And especially if this was a staged home, this is like, you're selling this feeling right now. You're selling that you could have this conversation, this very formal conversation in this room. Um, so that would be the, the feeling of, of this. Next, bringing elements together that aren't the same colors, but that work in the same hues. Now you pick a style and then you pick your metals 
and make sure that, you know, if you're going for gold, try to keep with the golds or try to keep with the chromes that keeps with this cohesiveness of, you know, an overall style. This room is painted a uh, light gray, which is cold like Selena. And then I know that that looks yellow, but the sofa is actually beige. And then um, with these dark teal accents, um, that was the color that we brought in, but we kept it, you know, very cold like she is. Uh, next, I would say I constantly reupholster furniture. Those chairs, I reupholstered the back with a different fabric just to get some pattern in there, but to keep the front, you know, neutral for the characters. Um, finding old pieces of furniture at flea markets or, you know, good furniture stores, estate sales, those things, those good bones you can't find now. So my like one of number one things to do is to find good furniture and reupholster it. Fabric is sometimes cheap. Let's think, I mean, if you go down to a fabric district that in your city and find your, your fabric stores, you'll do much better than buying fabric online. You also have to feel it. You have to feel if it's gonna be durable enough um, if you're gonna get a lot of wear and tear, but upholstering furniture is a number one thing to do. And even if you have an old sofa that you love, reupholster it. It'll, it'll save you in the long run. So this is the cast of Veep, um, the first time they're seeing the set and coming in and running the scene. And um, it's a great feeling when everyone sort of is like, oh my God, look at this, this is great. Like, you know, it's nice. It's nice that they appreciate the work that goes into it. Um, I guess Julia Louis-Dreyfus liked it so much she put her feet right up on the glass table, which kind of gave me a heart attack. But uh, I guess it means that she felt right at home. So I can't really complain about that. Um, Hit furniture stores and estate sales to get real furniture. That's that's the number one thing. Like this is real furniture. I'm not, I, I hardly ever buy Ikea, <laughs> except in my own home sometimes. Um, because although, and it's stylish and it's like this classic style, it's not gonna last you long unless you don't move it. You can build an Ikea piece and if you never move it, it's probably great. But once you move Ikea, it never is good. Um, um, what is it? Um, like if you go to stores that um, co-sign things, co-sign furniture, that's always a good way to get real stuff. Craigslist, that's always kind of my go-to also. So yeah. Um, what else? If you like the shape of furniture that you see, but you're like, oh, that's a different wood tone than I have, paint it. Try to paint furniture. It's kind of a hassle, but it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, these chairs I loved, but they were like, I think they were white. And I was like, ugh, can't have white. So I chose this and then reupholstered the seats in this black leather. And then the chairs behind them as the eclectic look of this character, um, the one on the left, I painted like a deep pink just to give it some weirdo sort of balance back there. But painting furniture is also good. Don't go shabby chic. No more shabby chic. We're not, 
we're not doing that. I'm my show that I'm doing now is in the nineties. There's so much bad shabby chic back then. It's crazy. It's, it was such a big thing, but don't do that. I don't, I, I don't think it's coming back. Let's, let's not, let's let it go. Let's not do that. So the next thing is lighting. Lighting is so much fun. Here's one of my guys, Dave, putting up a light in a set. Um, my suggestion for a home is to keep, is to either install or keep your recessed lights for even tone lighting. And it gives opportunity also for just easiness of just flicking on a switch and everything comes on. Or if you have them dimmable, that's a huge plus. We made so many of, um, we put recessed lights in three rooms here, all on dimmers. And then my fixtures are on dimmers. Dimmers are like aces, go for that. Um, I really love doing pairs of lamps, um, big pairs of like big statement lamps. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. Um, lighting for me is mostly about the lamp style and not the wattage and things like that because I, the electrics do that. I don't have to supply light bulbs or anything. So to me, I'm looking more at the style and the shape. You're going to have to worry about like, oh, it's only a 45 watt and it's got to light this whole room. Those are things you kind of got to think about when you're doing lighting in your home is what wattage and now you've got led bulbs that give you so much more blue in the room this you're lucky to find like incandescent i don't even they're not even selling incandescent lights in california anymore i don't think it's really hard it's like a underground system here to get some old time light bulbs so and and those are warm now leds can be warm also you gotta know your scale of like wattage. I, I'm learning myself too, doing my own home now. I'm like, uh, this light's too blue and this, so I need my lighting guys to come over and help me. But I like pairs. Now, another tip that I do all the time is I have lampshade, lampshades made. They, it's super helpful. It's really not that expensive. And if it's just for one or two lamps, awesome. I had these made for this hotel room in this uh, future series that I'm sure you'll watch. And it just, I just wanted this dark, like blackish purple uh, fabric. And when it's lit, it really gives it a little, you know, a little like sexiness to it. Um, but you can do any shape, you can do any style. I mean, having a lampshade made, I know it sounds like I mean, I never got into it until decorating on TV. I never really thought about it. Just go buy a lampshade, but you can have it made. And it, it really spiffies up a, like, even if you find an old lamp, a new shade will do it wonders. A pattern on a shade, awesome. This I threw in to show you just go for mood lighting. Don't poo-poo string lights. String lights can really bring in some moodiness. You don't actually have to see the string lights either. You can tuck them into your bookshelves. There's all these little LED lights on like wires that like light from behind. There's really great things that you can do with some little string light mood lights. Um, so think about that too, if you're trying to set a mood in, in a room, you don't want those overheads on all the time. You just want a little ambience. This is, I, I really, I really believe in string lights. <laughs> Um, 
this is from the film Moxie. Um, and this is more about picking. I have a pair of lights there, but I separated them because I still like the lights. And I think that's reality. I think, and that's obviously what I'm going for. Sometimes you buy a pair of lights, they don't have to be next to each other. Or if you get a big statement lamp, that's like your main focal point, then other lamps could match in the room. And floor lamps are always, always perfect for those dark corners. This, this lamp, this is also from Moxie. Um, this and then that kitchen lamp behind it are a pair that I bought off of Amazon. Um, Amazon, uh, Amazon and I are like this. I have my own Amazon rep at this point because I have a phone number to people at Amazon because I buy so much of Amazon and I know there are no angels, but they deliver really quickly and that's what I need and I love them, I'm sorry. But this gives good ambience to the room. It warms it up, especially your dining area. You need good lighting, you need good food prep lighting. So think about recessed in your kitchen. Um, this style of lighting, this is from the upcoming show also. You could carry through the style of lighting throughout. Like if this is mid-century and you're trying to keep in that, you know, keep it to keep the same style, but in different rooms. And that'll bring in the cohesiveness of, of, of doing all that. The same with traditional or modern or, your, or even like some gaudy style. All right, I'm taking a sip of water. Okay, arts and smalls. That's what we call it in my world. So art, that's, that's basic. Everybody knows art. Art in your room brings in color. It mixes in your style. You can mix with some family photos. Um, it's very sentimental when you bring in family pics. If you... Um, there's tons of things on Pinterest to like how to display your family photos. If you wanna be very like monochromatic and all black and whites and like metal frames, that's always beautiful. My suggestion is change out your pictures. Just change them. I know you love that one picture. Just put it away for a year and bring it back. You'll love it even more. Um, I really think we have about I literally have 28,000 photos in my, in my phone. So print them out, print out your pictures and you know, make that a part of your art. You can print art basically any, any size these days. So if you like this, I played with scale. That picture wasn't really supposed to be that big, but I wanted something bold in the room and the single female, cause this is for Selena on Veep, that single female with her back to you was kind of spoke to me about uh, and relatable to the characters. And that is one of the few pieces in the room that's warm. So it draws a lot of attention in the room. The other one is a smaller and the other one was actually big and I made it smaller. And that's like a monochromatic older um, piece that I made smaller. So play with the scale of your, of your art also. Um, this, this is a trick that I do all the time. Like I said before, so that middle panel is fabric. So I just got a piece of fabric. They put it on a board, stapled it up, framed it, done. The panels on the side are wallpaper 
that I had them cut out and then put them together as like a triptych. So that I like to do a lot too is framing fabric um, because fabric's beautiful. It should be, you know, some of it is, is really beautiful. So that could be a really nice framed piece of art in your room. Um, next, this is like, I just threw in because you're layering your artwork your collages, your family photos. It's just layering it up and showing you like posters and kids' rooms and, you know, they're using their twinkle lights. So yeah. Next in my world is smalls. Smalls are tchotchkes. Smalls are knickknacks. Smalls are things you're buying at Home Goods every season or Marshalls. They got great stuff. Um, but it's also personality. The smalls usually are where most of the personality is and these little things in life that that we have and keepsakes and things like that um i'm big on entry tables i have another one later on but your entry table is really important if you have space in your home and if you're staging um you know it's where you greet your your, your the people it's kind of the first thing they see in your home so if you're able to throw a little personality and a little love to this little entry space, do it. You know, mirrors are always good. Obviously, you want to check yourself before you leave or come in. Your mail, but keep it nice. Keep it like in a nice thing. Like that's like a music holder that I found, an old music holder. And then we put the mail in that. Um, dried flowers are always pretty. So you're not always changing out flowers, but there's flowers there. You want a nice dish, throw your keys in. Just a nice proper little place to greet you when you come at home. And I always try to give that to the characters too. Like what do they do when they first walk in their door? So next is um, just a little peek into so when I get smalls, when I've gone to a prop house or if I bought them, we lay them out all on a table like this. This is a good table. Actually, it's like in order. It's not usually in that color order. Um, but that's pretty much everything puts it out on a table and then I decorate the sets. So that would be the next slide of like, and then I work it all into bookcases or you know around the room. But that's kind of the confusion that goes from, I could have picked those spalls a week ago and now they're on a table. Now I got to work them into this room. So it's kind of, it's crazy to me now doing my own house that everything sort of comes together because my house is not together. My house, this set is not ready to shoot. So um, bookcases are huge. Bookcases and bookshelves give you personality even if, if you want something that's formal like this, where you're showing off like old books and plates and um, chat, like statues that you've acquired, we've all got those yadros and hummels that we've collected over generations. Displaying them nicely and not crowded is really key because you want to be able to see them. If you have a lot, we'll get to that collections, but we'll get to that. Then bookshelves are functional in our world. This is from Moxie. I mean, it's functional in a sense of like, you're using these books all the time. You wanna make them handy, but you're also working in some family photos. You're working in things you probably picked up from travels. So making them functional is a whole nother way, you know, to show your personality and still keep it nice, 
but using them more. Um, and then this is another entry table. I just wanted to show family photos, nice little mail dish. And this person was into birds and they have a nice artwork. Like, you know who this person is kind of from their entry table. Uh, don't forget about windowsills. Windowsills for me are, I love to put little character pieces in there. Even if it's like a wishbone from like a, like a turkey or something like people have like I've done some crazy little windowsill dressing uh it's great for herbs it's great you know to keep little pieces uh little tiny statues up there this piece um this uh, this is from moxie this piece is just to get some color into that into that window I mean it's another piece of art in your window really so I don't know. When, don't forget about windowsills. Don't clutter them up, but like it's another little place to show personality. Collections, don't go crazy with collections. We've all done it. I used to collect those little um, crumb butlers, they're called. It's like they're like silver antiques, and it's what butlers would use to like sweep up crumbs from like proper people's tables. And then I found myself with like, 15, 12, 15 of them. And I'm like, where am I going to put all these? This is ridiculous. But I kept finding cool ones. And then I was like, oh, I got to scale it down. And now I have like four around here that are meaningful. That was the first one I bought. This one's copper. This one's, you know, the ones I really like. This one has little feet. Just don't go crazy with collections. This guy liked frogs way too much. Just scale down your collections. And, and if you're going to do collections, display them orderly, I would say. You can't look on a shelf and have 50 frogs. If you had, you know, 15 and you could see what each of them are doing, that's, that's better. That's better than 50 on a shelf. So, yeah. Um, for me, smalls, just in like your home, they tell a story. This is a judge, she's got gavels, she's got paperwork, you know, she's got nice pens. So everything tells a story to me um, from art to smalls and furniture, all that. So yeah, they're all character pieces to me. <laughs> Tips for staging your home. Okay, clean and crisp environment. I can't stress that enough. Like I said before, we don't wanna see family photos, unfortunately, unless they're like, unless you should be in a catalog, don't display your family photos. You gotta put them away. You're selling a dream. You're selling possibilities. You're selling a future to people. So keep it clean and keep it crisp. No clutter, no personality. That's, I mean, if you're selling, a, you know, this is beachy or whatever, okay, go with a theme, but then carry it throughout. But don't, don't keep pushing your style on people. You gotta do like benign, like everybody loves a white sofa because they dream that they can live in reality with a white sofa. It's very hard to keep a white sofa clean, but this is a dream that you could have this home and have a you know a perfectly white crisp sofa. Um, install lighting fixtures if you have to, that can be used with many different styles. Like this is just black and iron. And I know it's a little modern, but you could use that with many different styles. I think this might not be the best um, example, but try to go with lighting fixtures 
not not like generic no have personality in them but make sure that they're versatile to many styles add furniture that isn't bulky and that is on a smaller scale i think a perfect example of this is those bar stools because you got the clear back so it's like oh look four people could eat here there's no way four people could eat there but the dream is you could get four people that'd be really tight but you want an illusion there you want to pick like a smaller scale to get it more furniture in there so the room looks bigger. You always want to assume that this room is bigger than it is. And so many pictures um, online on Redfin, Zillow, you go to look at the house, it's so much smaller than the pictures. And you're like, what was this? They had this huge sofa in here. And you're like, oh no, it's just a settee. I didn't. So getting furniture into the space that is on a smaller scale will help you give an illusion that you can fit more people in here than you really could. <laughs> that's, that's probably what I'm trying to say. This is Janet's void again. So think of your palette like a void. There's only three pieces of furniture besides the art. There's only three pieces of furniture in this space, but it's functional. So you're trying to sell like, oh, this room could, you could have a bed in here and you can have a desk and you can have this. You're trying to give this multifunctional uh, purpose to some rooms. So you can do that with just the suggestion of furniture, just the desk and a small chair, you know, smaller scale and, and it'll help sell that illusion. So this is a bathroom design that I did um, in, a, in a house. So this is their powder room before. And then this is it after where I used wallpaper on all four walls. I upgraded the lighting and the vanity. The lighting, they made that little hole up top. That was a mistake because the lighting is just that mirror. That, so then it, it made everything really simple and crisp. Um, the black faucets it's basically black and white everything pretty much is black and white now so that you can pop color in yourself when you're selling this next is another bathroom in the same house i think this was done in like the early 90s and then we took it to just black and white the tub is a single standing tub those doors are everywhere now i bought them on wayfair all of the bathroom fixtures I bought on Wayfair, the handles I bought on Amazon, went to a special place to get the stone, but even the tile is all Home Depot. Um, so that's one um, redo that I did. This is my house. This is my full bath. These were the pictures taken. This is how we bought it. This is the pictures taken. This is my own personal mood board because I had to sell it to my husband that this was what we were gonna do, so. <laughs> just to let them know this is it and this is our finished this is uh this is basically all black and white and then I love color we both love color so that black that back tile on the back of the tub wall is uh, a hexagon tile pattern from the mood board and then I made it on the top so that it didn't just stop. I wanted that zigzag um, in and out just to give it a little detail. 
Also did not install my glass sliding doors because I have two kids taking tubbies in there and it would have really been dangerous. So that's another tip for mommies. So take out your glass doors. This is our master bathroom. This is how we bought it. The next is my mood board again, <laughs> selling it to my husband. And this is the finish. Most of this is Wayfair and Home Depot and Amazon. I mean, I think everything there that it's just those three. The tile is the tile is Home Depot. All of the tile I think is Home Depot. Um, the vanity we kept and just painted. Hardware's from Amazon. The lighting fixture is Wayfair. The mirrors are Wayfair. The faucets are Wayfair. So it's really one-stop shopping in many places now, which is great. So yeah. So resources that I use and I would suggest, um, oh wait, first I wanted to tell you of two things for inspiration um, for, for staging. You really should watch Marie Kondo series tidying up on Netflix because it's real people tidying up and showing how they can can basically not stage their home, but clear out and get ready. If you're doing it yourself, it helps your mind. I'm a big fan of hers. I fold all my stuff like Marie Kondo. And Bargain Mansions. Bargain Mansions on HGTV with Tamara Day. She buys up these mansions in Kansas City for like uh, 100,000 or less, flips them and makes a ton of money. But they're really, really run down. But my tip for that is to look at the finishes that she's using. Look at the tiles that she's choosing and her color palettes. I really, I think she's great. I don't know where she came from. Uh, she's got great talent. I, I really like watching her. So um, the resources that I use are basically Ikea. You can, you can fill up a cart and they'll fill any, they'll deliver for like 50 bucks. So try to get as much as you can if you're going to go an Ikea way. I've said my piece about Amazon. I love it. Sorry. Target also has two-day shipping and they have a really good home section if you're looking for that. And they have decent curtains and like bathroom pieces. Target's good. Living spaces, you're getting your bang for your buck there. They have great sets of furniture. If you just want to go in, buy a set of for coffee table and side tables and they're they're comfortable too. Their sofas, their bedding is great. They've got great rugs for a good price. That's a good one. Home goods, can't live without. Can't live without home goods at this point. Pillows, throw blankets. I just, uh, I have to live by a home goods for my job. Wayfair, here's the thing. If you sign up as a business program, like in their business program, you get more discounts. It's not a certain percentage every time. It might be 1%, I don't know. And then the next time you look at something else and it's like 80% off and you're, it's, it's very, it's here and there. But if you can sign up for a business account, it's totally worth it. I have my own Wayfair professional that I can chat with to check for shipping. She helps me to tell me like, you're not really gonna get that in time. They're lying, don't order it. like. They have always been super helpful to me. And um, I don't, I should have looked up what you need to get into their business professional, but just lie, who cares? Cherish is another thing online, looking for good furniture. It's a little pricey, but you can sometimes get it down. 
And Craigslist is always, you can always find a gem on there. Swap meets, flea markets, you can find gems, just search, search it out. So my closing, my conclusion would be to invest in good quality pieces because good style is timeless. Um, also, if you ever see a chair on TV and you like it, just try to reach out to those people and see where they got it. I get questions all the time, as small as like, where did you get that cup? I mean, anything. I, people are out there in my position are usually on social media, um, Twitter, or Instagram, and ask them, where'd you get that pillow? Where'd you get that lamp? I love it. I need to have it. So yeah, that's it. Well, thank you so much, Kim. I, I think that a lot of people can get a lot of inspiration from your work and, and from the ideas that you presented today. I know that we're coming up on the hour, but for those of you who are tuning in, I know we have a number of questions that have come in. We'll, we'll do our best to get to them if you're able to stick around uh, for a few extra minutes here. Um, Kim, first up, um, one of the questions that, that we have is, is what happens to the set pieces after the shoot wraps? It's so sad. <laughs> um, well, a lot of it, if it's not like a permanent set, like if it's not like where the person lives or whatever, that's rented. A lot of it is rented. Um, but if I'm like reupholstering furniture or whatever, it's acquired by like right now I'm working for Fox. So then they have it acquired. Like at the end of Veep, I had over a football field of extra furniture that we had prop houses come in to see if they wanted to purchase any. And then basically it got sold to a liquidation center and then it gets pieced off some, uh, I know that they went in and specifically grabbed some pieces and then auctioned them off for charity, but mostly it's really sad. It's like liquidation centers. Wow. Yeah. They're, um... It's a waste. Yes, I will say, just so you know, there are some shabby chic fans amongst our attendees tonight who are rethinking their choices. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, another question is, you know, what guidance do you get, um, if any, from the director on, on the look and feel of the show? This, uh, especially with uh, one hour that I'm in now, I work more with the director because it's more drama and it's more like, I really want this to feel like, or if we could get a sofa that she sinks into, like there's much more conversations about the, the furniture that the hero person is gonna be using. I feel right now, a lot of like the comedy stuff is more like about the scene and is it gonna work? And is it, how was the flow? But, um, it, it's more about if the furniture can give them a feeling. Like just last week, we're in a conference room and the director said, she said, I really want her to feel small. And she's surrounded by all of these men in the room and I want her to feel small. So I got like bigger size chairs. And that's just tips, you know, and that's helpful. I'm always wanting that, that type of um, input to help me. That's great. Quite a number of your fellow alumni have a, a question wondering, you know, how did you find your way to Hollywood? You know, I know that you grew up in Philadelphia. You went to Philly U. Um, what brought you out there? I always loved film and TV. Like, I'm sure like my parents, like our West Coast video card was used like every day. So I just always loved it. And I never really thought I could do it or like it was a real job. Um, I know 
being influenced um, in high school from my art teacher also just like, oh, you know, there's this thing, interior design. And then like, you know, you love movies. What about like designing movies? And I was like, okay. Um, but it, it happened that my boyfriend at the time was a film student and moved to LA. And so I was like, I'm, I'll try it. What do, I mean, I can't believe my parents let me go, but I went and I literally had like $3,200 and I was like, I don't know, I want to run out of money or if I can't get a job, I'll be back. And like, oh, so it took me eight weeks to get a job. And I honestly haven't had more than probably six weeks lacking of a job since. And it was real. I definitely implemented things that I learned in school. And I'm always, I would have never gotten the job on Wheel of Fortune if I didn't know CAD. Um, that's specifically why they hired me. So I, I used my learnings um, from interior design, but really started out as, a, as an assistant and, you know, um, you know, running scripts and working the sets and working the office. And I basically had every position underneath me. So, which is good because, and I think we should all sort of have that experience to know what other people do and everything, but it really was working my way up. And it took a, it took a long time. I, I didn't get to start decorating, I think, till 2005, I think. So six years after graduating. Well, you're so, doing yeah. great work and I can guarantee you that everyone back here in Philly in our rainy days are proud of you. And, mm, and thank yeah. you so much for spending your evening with us. Thank we you. Wanna, we also want to thank everyone who has joined us this evening. Um, we appreciate your questions and your participation. We invite you to continue to get connected with your fellow alumni and with Jefferson through our Jefferson Alumni Network at alumninetwork.jefferson.edu. We also have a number of great upcoming alumni events, which you can view our full schedule and register online at jefferson.edu slash alumni events. Thank you all again for joining us. Have a wonderful evening and be safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. See, that wasn't too long. I actually didn't understand that it was only an hour long. And the, the, the guy was like, oh, and then we'll take questions afterwards. And then it like ended and I didn't realize, oh, they only do it for an hour. So I thought I had to talk for an hour, <laughs> which, you know, I can do. So yeah, that's why I kind of like... <laughs> kind of ended abruptly there I think I feel like but I hope also it translated for you listening instead of watching it like I said you can watch it on the jefferson.edu uh, YouTube page and one of these days I'll figure out how to get it on my decorating pages channel on YouTube and you could watch it there so thank you again to my alumni um, for thinking of me I mean it's awesome it's really an honor so thank you so I'm trying my best to get the next episodes out to you but I gotta be honest man I, I don't think you're gonna be hearing from me till June my show is so ridiculously heavy in this next month and I'm really excited though because we're getting to those scenes with Bill and Hillary where she finds out about Monica yikes it's good it's good people you are gonna like it um and recreating all these memorable moments and interviews that they did and ugh, I just love doing all of the research for all of this so 
But yeah, I'm drowning in work. Hopefully don't get another food poisoning or anything like that. Um, but I'm really gonna try to get something out in June. I know, I know, I'm sorry. But it's gonna be good. Whatever it is, it's gonna be really good. <laughs> I hope you got a earful. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. Summer 2021 is coming fast. Don't be floating behind. Get your hands on the Stogie Floaty Luxury Pool Float and float in style. Available now on Etsy and stogiefloaty.com.